Welcome to Awaken and Rise, a place where your dreams get fueled and self-doubt gets challenged, a place where we believe that as the individual shines, our collective rises, a place where we know you have what it takes to live your dreams, a place where you will not go gently into that good night, a place where you will let that spark within to become a bonfire of hope. A place where we know if you believe it, live it, then you will create it. A place where we awaken and rise. I'm Brian Lytle, change catalyst, author, storyteller, and dreamer, and it is my honor to spend time with you today. And now, on to the show. Welcome to Awaken and Rise, the podcast. I am your host, Brian Lytle of brianlytle.com. What would you do if you woke up one day and you couldn't see? That's what happened to our guest today. We have today Brian Wagner of radicalvision.com telling you the story how the moment of greatest terror in his life ended up producing the greatest vision. It's what we've been talking about for the past two episodes, and this will wrap up our episodes on fear. Brian was absolutely terrified the day he woke up and couldn't see, but it was pushing through that fear, taking the steps necessary to go through it instead of backing down from it that created the greatest work of his life. And here's our quick recap on fear. Remember, week one, we talked about how fear presents itself in three ways. One, in a helpful way that keep us from harm. But two, when we're talking about the non-physical aspects, it acts as a veil, clouding what we see, or it acts as a bully, trying to get us to back down. Well, Brian actually dealt with both, and you can hear it in his interview. I'm so excited. I want to get to this for you today. I hope this helps you, inspires you, and encourages you to live that extraordinary life. Here's Brian. It's not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles, or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again, because there is no effort without error and shortcoming. But with who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasms and great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. Our quote today comes from the Brian Wagner, author, speaker, and the spark that started a radical vision Brian Wagner. All right, welcome to Awaken and Rise, the podcast. I'm your host, Brian Light. On today's special guest, Brian Wagner, the starter of a radical vision, author, speaker, and just all around great guy, great man to have in your corner. Brian, welcome to the show today. Hey, thank you very much, Brian. I appreciate it. 
Now, Brian, you've spent a lot of your years in IT sales and in the business world, but your story is just absolutely inspiring. It wasn't anything you planned for, but it's something that you've absolutely taken the momentum and built a dream around what you're doing. Why don't you go ahead and share with the listening audience a little bit about where you came from and what you're doing and how you got here. Okay. Well, uh, I was born and raised in Northwest Ohio on a tomato farm and uh, was the youngest of 10 kids growing up. Was uh, you know, never uh, easy uh, living on the farm, but uh, as I you know, went through that, it just uh, you know, I got a better appreciation for what farm life was all about. And when I was 10, I had a uh, symptom that arose and I had hydrocephalus. Hydrocephalus is actually considered water or fluid on the brain and I had excess fluid on the brain so I wasn't able to have it drained off and I had a tube put in uh, that drains fluid from my brain stem or from my brain to my abdomen and it it allows me to be able to to function so I still even have that to this day and um, that's that was kinda where it all started for me with my uh, cranial issues if you will but um, you know it was um, it was an interesting life, but uh, you know, seven years ago I had brain surgery because uh, of a cavernous malformation in my brain stem, and it caused me to lose my sight. So I was actually blind for about six months, where I wasn't able to do really much of anything on my own. So um, going through that has really led me to uh, to where I am today. During that time where you were struggling with the surgery and the blindness. Where was your path in life? What were you doing? What did Brian Wagner spend most of his day focused on? Yeah, so before uh, the problems occurred in 2011, I was in IT sales. So I'd been in IT sales for 16 years. A lot of that time was spent at IBM and selling IBM products. So that's who I was and I've always identified with. Um, Before that, I was in IT project management. So in in infrastructure technology from the beginning. So you're in IT sales, your condition hits, and it was completely unexpected from when we've had conversations past. You said it was just a moment and everything changed in that moment. Talk about that moment when that cavernous malformation reared its ugly head, if you will. Yeah, so that was uh, March 3rd. I was actually uh, in Cleveland on a training assignment and uh, noticed towards the end of the day that uh, my vision started to get blurry. Well, I managed to make my way to the car after the training session was over and noticed how things didn't look quite right to me even then. Made my way down to the end of the, to the bottom of the parking garage and once I did get in uh, out of the parking garage, I was able to find my way home. It the uh, the drive took me quite a while to get home, and I just kind of felt like I must have been tired. Something wasn't quite right. Well, I woke up on the couch the next morning because I decided not to go up in, into bed and you know wake everyone else up. So I woke up on the couch that morning and everything was dark. <laughs> so for whatever reason, I wasn't able to open my eyelids. I went into the restroom and, and looked at myself in the mirror and uh, I was pretty horrified because for one, I couldn't see anything. If I could see anything, I had to lift my eyelids to be able to see. So 
both of my eyelids were down. And when my wife heard what was going on, she came downstairs, and obviously she was pretty concerned as well. So that whole morning was um, was the start of it all. Wow. So you wake up, and your eyelids aren't functioning. You can't see anything. That had to be an absolute moment of terror. Yeah, from, from my perspective, it, it really was. I mean, I was at a point where... You know, I didn't know what was going on, and I, I'm always um, hesitant to let on when I know things aren't quite right. I don't, I don't let everybody know. You know, I don't, I'm not feeling good. I don't have a good day, or all that stuff. I, I don't, I don't typically share that kind of stuff with other people. But when that happened, yeah, I mean, I, uh, I was, um, I was not in a good space. That's for sure. Absolutely, I don't know anyone who really would in a good space in that scenario but you've managed to now take the journey that you were on and you've really flipped the script so this is a moment where a lot of people could say poor Brian Hmm. because look at what happened look what's going on but you're one of those people when I think about my core value that life happens for you as opposed to to you your example and what happened with you next and what you've done with that moment, that brink of midnight moment of not being able to see, you've started an entire movement mm-hmm. based on that moment. So talk a little bit about and share with us about just the recovery, the the surgeries you went through, that process, and what led you to a radical vision. Like I said, in March of 2011 uh, that's that's when I had both my eyes were closed and I was blind um so we you know got, went to the doctors right away and tried to find out you know what was going on they said that I had this cavernous malformation that had bled and it was in my brain stem and it was, it was bled in my brain stem and it was putting ner- pressure on the nerves that control my vision well those nerves ended up being damaged um and I ended up having a brain surgery back in April of 2011, actually on April 1st, no fooling. Um, And uh, I had brain surgery. I was flown to Phoenix, Arizona, where I had surgery. And um, that's when I thought I was going to be healed. I thought it was going to be, everything was going to be better. I was going to be back to normal. So I was hell bent on getting back to normal because I thought that brain surgery was going to allow me to do that. Well, guess what? It, it didn't happen that way. Um, my eyes still don't work the way they should. Um, if both of my eyelids are open, I have double vision, and I have an image that's up up top in the upper left-hand corner and an image that's uh, down low in the lower right-hand corner. But that is, um, that is what I deal with even to this day. I have one eyelid that opens most of the way. The one on the right um, doesn't open at all, so I pretty much leave it closed and don't open it with my finger even. So that's how I live. Um, after that, I came back and after that surgery, I came back to Ohio and wanted to see an ophthalmologist because they told me that there was a chance that an ophthalmologist could help me um, with my eyesight. So he actually was able to do a couple of surgeries out on me. Two of them were related to the muscles on my eyeballs and moving them around to try to get the images aligned. That didn't work. 
And then he tried another one where he put in a frontalis sling, which is essentially a fishing line that connects my eyebrow to my eyelid. So when my eyebrow goes up, my eyelid goes open. It really doesn't do me much good because I have double vision. So <laughs> that only helps me see double better. After that, after that, really, there's there are no more there are no more uh, you know um, surgeries that were tried. I mean, that was uh, that was the end of it. So this is what's amazing about your story. You go essentially, you go blind. Mm-hmm. You go to get it fixed, and they take care of the issue on the brain stem so that you're not in imminent danger but you still have double vision. You still have to endure more surgeries on the eye, which I can't even imagine that prospect of people operating in or around my eyeballs. That would absolutely be a little disconcerting to me. But you're going through all of this, and so life is just punching you left and right, left and right, and it's not letting up. And this is where your story just becomes, to steal one of your words, this is where your story becomes radical. Is in this moment of you can't catch a break, you begin to see differently, no pun intended, you begin to see differently what you're here to do, what your purpose is, how you want to help other people. And this is when you truly get a vision. And talk a little bit about the start of a radical vision. Well, that was back two years after my surgery. I I was um, you know dealing with uh, everything, and I had lots of friends who encouraged me to begin to write a blog. So that was the really the first step was uh, was writing a blog, and then after that, I started to uh, to read a little and got connected with uh, some people here in. Uh, and around where I live, and they have been really helpful and very encouraging to me. And that's when I really understood that there was something, there was something else that I was here to do. I knew, I know for a fact that God put me on here and here for a reason. And it wasn't just because um, I, I didn't have these problems, just because you know I was uh, having some sort of problems, or not because I've been punished or anything like that. I, I feel as though these things have been given to me for me to bring people closer to God and for uh, me to be closer to God. So there's no doubt in my mind that this is why we're put here and why I'm put here. We all have a reason. We all have a story. And it's just a matter of how you use that story to further yourself. And it just became readily apparent to me over the course of probably five years after I started that this is this is my mission this is what I'm supposed to be doing and I am uh, sold out to that mission there's no looking back in your mission I've had the pleasure of hearing you talk a couple of times and we worked together when you did your TED talk at TEDx Hilliard if you haven't seen Brian Wagner do a TED talk I strongly encourage anyone to look that up on YouTube. Brian, you talk about this process that you went through and others go through of realizing that we all have blind spots in our life. And that's essentially what you're sharing in your story is 
you had that moment of blindness, but you started to see as this process went forward and then established this vision that you just shared with us. Can you share a little bit about the blindness to sight to vision process that you discovered as you went through all of this? Yeah, that's the that's probably the greatest thing. Well, I shouldn't say it's the greatest thing, but it's one of the one of the very uh, encouraging things to me because every business and every organization really needs to have a process that they help people to go through. And this is what I do in terms of helping people to go from a point of blindness to sight to vision. The first step in blindness is to help people understand that they're blind. That's really where it all starts. If they can't understand that they're blind, then you really can't go too much farther. You know, for me, it was physical blindness that I had to understand that I was physically blind and had to allow other people to help me. That was a hard, hard thing for me to do. Um, from a mental perspective, I had to discover that you know I was my I was I was blind mentally, and then spiritually, you know I didn't know everything that I should know. I wasn't as close to God as I should be, and that was a spiritual blindness. I had to discover that I was spiritually blind, and. In order for me to be able to do that, it it's um it takes a lot of humility, and I'm not I'm just, I'm not bragging, um, but I mean it's it just takes a lot to go through, and I encourage everybody to do the same thing. So that's one that's one of the things that I do with uh, with my coaching. So I'm I'm a speaker and an author, but I'm also a coach, and I coach people on, on how they can go from a point of blindness to sight to vision. So I told you, being blind is the first thing you need to discover. Secondly, with sight, you have to be able to identify your blind spots, but you can't identify your blind spots on your own. That's where you need to have other people around you that can help you go through that. And that is really something that's very, very important. In order to have sight, it's really the next phase. And then where it all happens, it's where you have vision. If you can have a vision for yourself and for other people in their lives, that is really what matters the most because that's where you're going to be able to you know, be a disciple. That's where you're going to be able to to uh, to help other people. That's where you're going to be able to, you know, make this world a better place. That's where it counts. That process has already transformed quite a few people, and I know that you've done live events around this. I know that you've worked uh, speaking and sharing with different associations, and you've coached people individually. What was the biggest gift in all of it was it the understanding that you're blind was it the understanding that you're blind so that you can see things differently or was it the entire process and what it meant to you and in your life i would say it's the entire process because i mean it's not just one thing you know being blind and understanding you're blind is is certainly a great part of it but the entire process soup to nuts and understanding that you have something better in life that you can offer people doesn't mean you have to quit your job doesn't mean you have to you know do something totally different but it also means you need to understand those gifts and I now understand my gifts I understand why I'm here and that to me is the best gift of all there's nothing more powerful than that realization of, of why you're here, of what your purpose is. And I spoke on an early podcast about how some folks are 
they're just that group. They understand their purpose when they're very young and they spend their whole life fulfilling and it's very clear and they know it. But most of us go through these eras of purpose where we have a purpose, we fulfill it, and then the question of what's next comes up. And what I love about your process is the fact that it's not a one-time thing. It's not, okay, I know where my blind spot is and now I'm going to create, figure out what my sight is and create my vision. It's this concept of you're never done. You're never there. Yeah. I mean, you yourself, you're constantly going through that process in different aspects. It's reiterative. Life. Yes, it is very much reiterative, and it, it can happen in multiple different phases of your life. And like I said, you know, spiritual, uh, relational, um, uh, professional, you name it. And I think most people struggle with the fact that they grab onto these processes and they're, they're developed and designed to help people deal with something in their life and as they do it one time they feel like everything should be better they feel like all the problems should be solved and there's great struggle and it becomes very disconcerting where they're saying you know i i i followed your process of awaken and rise or i followed the process of a radical vision to go from blindness to sight to vision or i've read this book and i've read that book and i've listened to this seminar and nothing seems quite fixed. And I think that's the power that something like this has, is that you're consistently on this cycle of working on your blindness, working on your sight, creating that vision. It's just exceptionally powerful. And when people look at you and say, wow, you know, this guy, he's living a life that I could never dream of living, that I can never get there. Uh, he had a gift that I just don't have. What do you say to people who say, Brian, I have a radical vision and it's pretty big, but I'm, I'm afraid. I, I don't want to, I'm afraid of what we'll, we'll do in my job. Yeah. I'm afraid what it would, could potentially do to my family. I'm, I'm, I'm afraid, I'm afraid, I'm afraid. And I say that not to downgrade that fear. That fear is real. Yeah. What do you say to people who are who struggle with that piece? Well, it, it's going to be hard. Life is hard. That's the way it is. But you choose your hardness. You can choose, you know, to to live the life that you're currently living and go on and you know make the best of it the way you can, or you can choose to get out of your comfort zone and make it a little bit harder for you initially, and then it may get a little simpler or it may get a little more less complex in the future so it it's it's really it's all you and it's all it's all you it's your, it's your choice um you know the in ecclesiastes it says and i'm paraphrasing because i can't remember the exact verse but it says um no man can make straight what god makes crooked so if your path if your path is crooked and that the path is is your is not your choice you you take the path um, that God gives you, and if it's crooked, it's going to be crooked. It's going to take you time. It's going you're gonna have to fight through it. And once you get through it, you're gonna feel so much better that you went through it than not. But if your path is straight, then it's straight. So as you walked your path, did you ever come across 
self-doubt or that moment where you say, God, I, I thought this is what you <laughs> wanted me to do and things aren't going as planned. Did you have those moments? Absolutely. Every day. Every day. There's there's high points and low points. And, uh, I, you know, I talked a little bit about the image being up here and the image being down here, you know, the upper left-hand corner and the lower right-hand corner. Well, that's, that's the images that we all have of ourselves. You know, we all have an image of ourselves that's really up high, up high. And then we all have an image that's really down low. People have that. I have that. Everybody has that. You just have to try to fight through those times where you have that negative image of yourself. Fight through that and get to the higher image. What do you do to fight through that? If, if I was coming to you saying, Brian, I'm struggling with that piece right now. Yeah. I'm fighting through some self-doubt or what... Do I really know what my path is or, or what the vision is? What would you say practically is one or two things that really helps you? For me, it's positive self-talk. I mean, that sounds, I don't know if that sounds silly or not, but to say positive things to myself, it's very, very helpful. If I say positive things to other people, they ask me how I'm doing. Even if I'm not doing great, I'll at least still say that I'm doing okay, or I'm doing great, or I'm doing well. That, to me, having a positive image of yourself and a positive image of your situation helps an awful lot. Uh, and then the other thing for me is, you know, I try not to get too wrapped up in the moment, try not to get too concerned that things aren't going well, I've, I've lost a big deal, or I've, you know, suffered a setback. I try not to get too wrapped up in that, and I try to change the situation that I'm in. I try to change my location. It could be simple location. Um, you know, I try to do something different, and that's really one of the things that's also helped me. Do you think that it's the lowness of the lows that really give you the juice when you hit the highest of the highs? Do I think it's the lowest of the lows that gives me the juice? You know, I I don't think so. I, I, I don't I don't write it, really try to um, remember the lowest of the lows. Um, the lowest of the lows were, you know, when I was in a, um, blind and couldn't see and I was getting sick every day, you know. Um, I don't really remember remember that as much. I, I know I, I know it was there, so I continue to make sure that I keep that with me to help pe help people and help me to understand it but I don't I don't celebrate it from that perspective because in order to help me celebrate the high moments um, maybe I should but I, I just haven't gotten to that point yet when did you realize it's the it's everything that you went through wasn't a curse it was a gift at what point did it hit you it was probably two years after I, after I had surgery, I was um, <laughs> I was in a class where you know some people were helping helping me and, and other people to be able to understand your purpose, and I'd never really even thought of purpose before. I'd never heard the word clarity in this way. And they use the word clarity every other s sentence, and it really struck me then that this is my purpose and it became clear I had clarity because that's what I'm supposed to be doing that's when it all hit me 
So, and that's, I think that's important for people to know that when you're going through the struggle, mm-hmm. that when it is dark in life, that's not necessarily the moment that a switch flips. No. And you say, oh, this is, this is the greatest thing to ever happen to me. No. And I'm going to be able to help people with it. There's a process. And I, I love the movie Moneyball where Brad Pitt is talking to the players who were on the Oakland A's and he keeps telling them, listen, what we're doing here, it's not the norm. It's a process, it's a process, it's a process. And I think that's very important for people to realize and that it was a process for you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, I remember remember, um, being blind for six months and and having an understanding and a commit actually it was a commitment that I made a promise that I made to God that if I'm able to get through this because I didn't know if I was going to be able to get through it um I said if I can get through this I want to be able to help other people I want to be able to help other people to get through tough things as well so that's that was uh that was the beginning of it but that still I didn't know if I was going to be able to 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 get through it and you know i was i was able to get through it and then after time went on i mean two years i told you two years that's when i knew that's when i knew my purpose so you know your purpose you have clarity and you knew you were supposed to help people with this what was the playbook did, was there anything laid out there that said, step by step, Brian, you do this, then you do this, then you do this. <laughs> How did you create a radical vision from an idea and bring it into existence? What, was, there, was there a step-by-step playbook? No, no, there never is. I, I don't think there ever is. I mean, you know, I think it's different for different people. For me, it was... Um, <clears throat> It was trial and error in, in a lot of instances. I had a lot of people help me, um, you know, guys like you that helped me to, to continue to get through it. You know, I had people that helped me because uh, I was able to speak for them. You know, I had people that helped me because they showed me how uh, to set up my website or they did it for me. I had people that helped me with, you know, other pieces of my business and one of those pieces is a copywriter. I mean, a guy that's involved in marketing. He's the one that helped me to understand, oh, you want to do something radical with your vision and you want to be able to help other people. You want to be able to help people to embrace their own person, their blindness, and not just yours, but embrace their blindness to achieve a greater vision for their lives. Yeah, that's called a radical vision. <laughs> and. That's why that's that's why it's named that. I think it's been great to be able to, you know, start this organization, but it'll be even greater once um, once it continues to grow. So what was step one? So you get to this point where you say, okay, I've got clarity. There's no playbook. What was step one for you? Step one for me was just going out and talking with people. You know, is going out and um really wasn't even a wasn't even a uh a big talk and i went to a rotary club you know I, yeah it was a rotary club in in worthington ohio um they 
you know, said that I could come in and tell them my story. I remember going to that meeting that day and telling them what I thought was everything, I what I thought was the story, and it was what it was. I mean, it wasn't a good speech. It wasn't great. Um, and I mean, at the end of the speech, one of the guys raised his hand and he said, so what happened? <laughs> I left that, <laughs> I left that big piece up. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, um, yeah, just being able to, uh, to get started with a group of people that helped me to launch and well, help me to continue to talk to people. And that's just a, an incredibly powerful statement in those two questions that I want everyone to get is you have a dream that sits inside you. And once you have some kind of clarity on that dream, there's no playbook how to make it happen. Mm-hmm. You could say, I want to be like this person or that person and try and mimic what they did as much as possible. But the reality is your first step is your first step. Mm-hmm. It's looking for that opportunity. It's finding that opportunity to just put it out there. You know, the subtitle to this podcast, Awaken and Rise, is Believe It, Live It, Create It. I think that's extremely important, and what you're saying mirrors that. Once you have that vision, once you believe in it, then you start to live it. You start to put the things into place that will eventually create it. And by believing it, then living it, you end up creating it. I think those last two pieces of what you shared is very valuable for anyone listening who has a dream. Right. And what's important, I would say, is that you have to be intentional. That is that is my word uh, for the year, I think, or the uh, for my... For my business, I mean, everything you do, you have to be intentional, and you have to know how big your why is. How 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 big, you know, is it is it the importance of what it is that you're doing. So, you know, you may not want to burn the boats, but you may want to burn the boats. And if you burn the boats, you're not going back because your why is that important to you. You know that this is where you're going. And there's nothing that's going to stop you. There is no plan B. Absolutely. So as you talk about creating this this concept and how you're going to help people in this, I think intentional, the next question, intentional would be one of the words that define who you are. But if you were going to say, let's add two to three more words to that. So three words total. What defines Brian Wagner right now in your growth? <laughs> uh, what three or four words define me in my growth? Current. Um, Current. Yeah, I mean, I, I, uh, I'm a, I'm a, uh, a father, a Christian, um, a disciple. Um, I'm a uh, husband. You know, those are those are characteristics. I don't know if that's what you're looking for or not. Well, I think those are roles you play yeah. in, in life, but when you talk about how important the word intentional is to you mm-hmm. and where you are in your growth as a being, mm-hmm. intentional is probably one of those words would, that would encapsulate your focus mm-hmm. and where you are 
in your growth? Are there other words? See, I can tell you right now there's a word I'm thinking of right off the bat, and that's strength. Hmm. You are you have a very internally strong piece about you that you've taken the hits. You you have a I think I reference this too much on this show, but I love the Rocky movies. Hmm. There's a rockiness hmm. about you hmm. where you just you know, you're getting hit left and right and you don't stop. He's the man in the arena. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> well, I mean, another word that I was thinking of as you said that is is somebody that, that invests. I mean, I, I, I don't think of money, um, but you can think of money if you want to. But it's really more about investing in myself, investing in my knowledge of what it is that I'm talking about. It's investing in things that I'm, I don't have a lot of knowledge in. So, you know... I'm, getting a lot more of that with uh you know the masterminds that i'm that we're a part of and uh you know the different associations that i'm a part of you know toastmasters is a huge huge source of investment for me not not financially it's certainly not financially but oh my gosh the investment that or the or the return that comes from that limited investment is phenomenal phenomenal so as people out there wondering brian has shared his purpose he talked about having clarity around that purpose. How would I begin to get some clarity on what my purpose is? The best way to get clarity on your purpose is to pray. That would be the first step, is to pray for clarity. And then you need to find someone that's close to you or that's maybe not close to you, but really has a, a, a little bit of understanding of who you are, and then begin to work with them. Have a mentor that can help you to guide you through the whole process of discovering your clarity, or discovering your purpose. I think that's great. I think we severely underestimate the role of someone in a mentor or coach role in our life and how much that can add to what we are doing. Couple final questions before we wrap up this segment. First of all, one of the questions one of my listeners has given to me is how do you break through the mundane to make what you're doing unique? So in other words, you're, you've started a radical vision, you're meeting with others, you're coaching, you're speaking, you've written your book, sometimes it does take a brain surgeon, which is available on Amazon, mm -hmm. I do believe. But also, at some point in time, everything you're doing, it's you're building these habits and you've made a decision to have this focus and you're working it, working, working it. But at times, it, it's going to become mundane. It's sometimes you'll feel a little bit like you're on the hamster wheel. How do you break through these mundane moments to make what you're doing unique? For me, that's relationships. You know, I have some really, really good relationships just because I, I've uh, I've invested again in those those relationships and they've invested in me. So having people around me that you know I can go to and they can go to, that's what helps me to break through the mundane. I mean that may that may not uh, seem to make sense, but that's really what, who I am. That's what makes me up is you know the relationships. What was your biggest failure? And how did you learn from it? <laughs> or what did you learn from it? 
my biggest failure well my dad always said that if you're not failing you must not be trying or something to that effect i don't know if that's uh, the exact yeah, quote I but think it, that's you know accurate. yeah so uh i think from a failure perspective i can't say that uh there's one that sticks out that's um bigger than others you know I've, um i've not been successful in some jobs that i've had in the past um for whatever reason i'm not sure why those didn't work out and some of them i do know but um, I, I don't consider those failures. Those, those have been learning processes. Those, those have been steps. Those have you know, helped to build muscle. Mm -hmm. Those have helped to build who I am. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's not, I wouldn't trade them for anything. You know, I've, I've said some dumb things in my life. I've done some dumb things in my life. But it's not that I don't, that I regret them. You know, I regretted them a little bit at the time. But they, having done that, having said that, having seen those things, you know, has helped me to be a better person because I know that I shouldn't have done that. Somebody, somebody, and, and that's important. Mm -hmm. I've had somebody that's told me, hey, guess what? You shouldn't be doing that. You shouldn't have said that. You shouldn't, whatever. So those are things that, um, that have helped. But and I'm not, I'm not answering your question. But, no, that's uh, good. That's, it's a much better perspective than the question. Yeah. And, on my first episode of Awaken and Rise, I share with folks my story. And one of the things that really pulled me down was this idea that everything is outcome-based, that everything is success or failure. Mm. Where in reality, I don't know that there is any success or failure because that indicates a stopping point. And we are consistently growing. We are, you know, we were created to be... We're, we're created as living beings for a reason that have growth cycles within us. And when we get to defining something as success and defining ourselves with that, or defining something as failure and defining ourselves with that, we completely miss that it's just, it's information, it's feedback, and no one is ever in a static state. Mm -hmm. We're consistently growing throughout the course of our lives and no one is ever one success or one failure. So I really like that perspective. Brian, there is no doubt through your life you have exhibited the qualities of the man in the arena. You strive valiantly. You are marred by dust and sweat and blood. You have erred. You've come up short, but you've also done great deeds with great enthusiasm great devotion and it's just been fantastic having you here on the podcast one thing i like to do with guests before they leave is a segment called the tempo 10 where i would like to encapsulate some of your wisdom if you will so this is done in the style of james lips Lipton in the actor's studio where I ask you a question just give me a short answer response on these so as we go into the tempo 10 the first question is what book or books do you love I love a lot of books I mean there's there have been many many books that I've read that I really am you know, think they're great but I would say the the book that I love the best is the next one that I'm going to read I love that I love that perspective what makes you smile Everything makes me smile, you know. I just having a conversation with somebody makes me smile. 
there's nothing that uh, that I would look at and say, you know, I can't smile. I mean, I, I smile at funerals. You're not supposed to, but it it's uh, it's one of those things where I see people I haven't seen in a while. It, it's it's relationships. Mm-hmm. They make me smile. Yeah. What makes you sad? What makes me sad? It makes me sad when I feel like other people are doing things and and it makes me sad when people don't see things that they should be seeing. Mm-hmm. Mm, that's good. Talk to us a little bit about what is your morning routine? My morning routine is I get up uh, 5.30, between 5.30 and 6.30 every morning and I go downstairs, make a pot of coffee for me and whoever else is in the house that drinks coffee. And then I go and I stretch. I spend 15 to 20 minutes stretching on my back. And uh, then I get up and I usually go downstairs and do some reading. Um, I may go outside. If it's nice outside, I'll go out and on the porch or the deck and sit. And I'll just uh, drink my coffee and listen to the birds. That's a beautiful part of the morning. It's fantastic. What about routine before shutting it down for the night? You know... Uh, shutting it down before that, I, I I really don't like to work too much um, after too much after dinner, really. But there are times where I do have to work after dinner, so you know that'll be eight or eight thirty. My eyes usually are failing at that point, so I, I seem to get a dry eye or something. You know, I just don't feel that well. So I don't feel like reading, and uh, you know we'll end up sitting in front of the TV watching a little bit of that and. Uh, and then, if, I mean, if there's sports on, we'll, we'll watch some sports. And, you know, if there's a not sports on or if there is a, a, a show that Connie likes, my wife Connie likes to, uh, to watch, which is you know, usually a Home and Gardens or HGTV show, that'll yeah, be what we do. Shows. Yeah. 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 What do you fear? What do I fear? What do I fear? You know what? Um, I've thought a little bit about that and I... You know, there are lots of things that I fear. I, I fear um, the unknown. I fear not not being able to do something that I think I should be able to do. You know, things like um, there's some IT things that, you know, I, and technical things that I, I think I should be able to know how to do, but I, I just don't feel comfortable with them. And it, that's, you know, a, a small fear, but um, that's my fear. So how do you defeat fear? How do I defeat fear? I defeat fear by pushing. Um, that's how I. That's how I deal with everything, is by taking action. And if I don't take action, you know, then I feel like I'm copping out. Sometimes taking action means I call my buddy and say, "Hey, I don't know how to do this. Can you do it for me?" <laughs> you acknowledge your blindness. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I love it. Absolutely. Who inspires you? Right now, I'm inspired by guys like Tim Ferriss. Uh, I mean, he's got uh, a lot of things going on in regards to uh, his business and his connections, his relationships. I'm really inspired by what it is that he's doing in the world. Excellent. What is your favorite song? You know, I've got a lot of favorite songs. I have I have songs from my camp camp days. I used to be in 4-H camp when I was a kid. And, uh, you know, a lot of songs from that that I remember. I mean, I could still sing them for you if they wanted me to, but I, you don't want me to. Um, <laughs> really, I, I don't have one specific favorite song. And then finally, Brian, when the dust has settled, 
And as the man in the arena has gotten to that point where he has dared greatly and your time is is up here on this planet, how do you want to be remembered? I want to be remembered as a guy that loved and that lived and that helped. Excellent. Well, there's a lot of people out there who are in their own arenas, but it has been a privilege to sit front row in some respects of you in the arena. And it's just fantastic to see the work you're doing, how you're helping people and living your mission. Uh, I just, I believe so much in what you're doing and just wish you all the best. And thank you so much for being on this podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, those of you who are listening, you need to connect with Brian Wagner. He's a guy who leads with his heart and soul in everything that he does. Brian, for folks out there who want to connect with you, what's the best way to do it? Where are you? Website, social media? You can you can reach out to me on any of the, uh, the Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, it's all at eradicalvision.com. A, a, a radical vision is the handle. So A R A D I C A L V I S I O N. And that's where you'll find me. But you can also find me at um, at my website, which is eradicalvision.com. But then you can also go out to Brian with one eye, uh, dot com and you can, you know, find some other stuff on me. Is that one as in O N E or the number one? O-N-E. Okay. Wow. What a powerful segment with Brian. It was so phenomenal doing that interview with him. And if you are looking for someone out there who could coach you, who can help you develop that vision, Brian is definitely your guy. Now, with that being said, I want to encourage everyone out there. Keep pushing for that extraordinary life. Know that if you believe it and you live it, you will create it. My name's Brian Lytle of brianlytle.com. And if you want to go to my website, you could get your free guide to rise to help you discover your life's purpose. I hope you have an amazing week and we will talk to you next Monday.